All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to another No Gear Required podcast. And I'm here with my great friend, Jay Zibalos, and with his brother, who doesn't like to talk to us, Mike <laughs> Zibalos. He's a behind-the-camera kind of guy. And uh, I will have here, too, someone that I know for, I don't know, a lot of the guys that come here and I, I invited to a podcast. I know them for quite some time and uh, we just wanted people to hear their story. And I'm sure a lot of people will relate it to this gentleman over here. I don't know how long do I know you, Marcel Santos. And since the 90s. I don't know. A very long time. When I was a teenager, hey, it's a lot of time, man. <laughs> yeah, I was I was a kid too when I met Marcel. Oh, yeah. Marcel was just a, a baby. We're all 28 today. I know. Man, Marcel, um, to start out is um, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you and, uh, for having me. We want to share some uh, good things. I don't know if you, you don't know some of the things I'm going to ask you. Just don't get mad. It's just for to get out of you. Oh, and, this is uh, going to be a roast. Yeah, right, it's a roast. Yeah, it's, it's not a roast, podcast. Uh, it's a roast. All right. <laughs> no, Let's it, do this. The, the interesting thing is I end up meeting Marcel through his uh, one of his brothers, which came and started training first, first, trained with me first. And that was Gabriel, and which I know him quite, quite well for a lot of years. And uh, through him, I end up meeting your whole family. You have a total of what, five? We're five siblings. Five siblings, and um, and I met all of them, and they're great kids. Now, I guess, young adults. The question I have is, I remember at one time I was with your brother, end up going to your house, and your father wants so bad you to start training jiu-jitsu. You sit in the couch, and what did you tell him? Well, I remember that day. <laughs> that day is very funny <laughs> because uh, I had already a little bit of experience with jujitsu, but I, I I had a previously bad experience one day on the mats, and I was like, you know what? I'm just done with training, man. I was I was 12 years old. I wanted nothing to do with training, but uh, you came over. You wanted to meet me. You wanted to bring me uh, to to train, and my dad is like pushing me, pushing me. I'm like, no, dad, like. I, I don't want to train, you know. My dad's like, man, if you go train with Jean-Jacques, I promise you, you will be a black belt one day. I'm like, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fast forward 20, 20-some years later, here we are. Yeah. Oh, man. And for a lot of you, you guys don't know, Marcel, even on Instagram, say Marcel Art Studios. This gentleman is, uh, is an artist. He likes the drawing. And I think it's very interesting because... Uh, when do when that all starts with you? I remember mentioning something as a kid, what you used to do, taking the table to a middle of the park and start drawing oh, stuff. Man. Well, it's uh, everybody loves when I tell this story. It, it's super fun. Um, I love looking back. You know, very humble beginnings, but it, it all started when. Just in high school, people wanted my drawings. And then people just randomly, hey, man, if you draw me this character, if you draw me this Batman, if you draw me this Superman, I'll give you $5, I'll give you $10. Next thing you know, at the end of the week, I had a couple hundred bucks in my pocket, right? <laughs> and I came, I, used, I remember coming home like with a wad of cash, like, dad, look at me. He's like, are you, what, what are you doing, selling drugs? How are you making money? You know what I mean? I'm like, no, dad, I'm just, you, you know what I mean? I'm just... You know, doing what I love and, and people love it, you know, so so they used to pay me, you know, it, it just went from there and it's escalated. When, when that started, in what age you thought with yourself, no, I think I, I'm pretty good at that. I think I can do something. Did you end up going to school or because to me, a lot of 
a lot of the artists, man, they they born with something a little extra to follow and do that. I know we have schools that train and teach you, but first you have to like and you have to have some kind of a extra on you that, man, I'm a horrible and trying to draw things like, yeah. gee. And I see some of the people in a young age, they never been in school and they're just fantastic. How's when did I, you realize uh, that? I actually never went to school for, for this. Uh, my dad is or was an artist back then. He used to do a lot of airbrush stuff and watercolor stuff. And I remember as a kid hanging out in his studio and just practicing and, and painting and drawing alongside him. But if going back to your question to how did this all started, well, I've always loved to do art. I, it's something that I've always liked to do. But how did it get to a point where I can make a living off of this? Uh, it's actually a funny story. In high school, uh, you know, I, I arrived from Brazil here in the 90s and I went straight to high school. Like I remember I arrived here in July and in August I was already in school, you know. And then after a few years, you learn there's a different culture here than, you know, I'm used to in Brazil. And uh, one of the things here that they love to do, they have dances. Everything, they have a dance for this, they have a dance for that, they have an event for this, an event for that. And I remember I wanted to, to take this really pretty girl that I used to like to, to a prom or something, but I had no money. And uh, I remember one weekend, I went with my family to the beach. Then I saw these guys at the beach, man, they, they, at the boardwalk in Venice. They had like this setup and they were just sketching people for money. And I was like, shit, man, maybe I can do that too. You know, one thing led to another. I remember I took a bus to Venice really early in the morning. I put my little thing there and uh, I was like, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. I'll, I'll draw, you know, you and your girlfriend or, you know, boyfriend and, or whatever. And uh, I started doing that. You know, next thing you know, I was making money, making money. And I had enough money to, you know, get a limo, rent a tux, go to prom. I, I pay, you know what I mean? So in high school, all my teachers are like, you know, you got to go to college. You got to do this. You got to do that. I was always a good boy, so I never disagree with my instructors. But in my head, I was like, man, fuck this, man. I'm going to draw and paint for the rest of my life. You know what yeah, I mean? To have a craft. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it pays off. And it pays off. But in, and after, you know, it's all said and done. I, I did my dance. I went, you know, to prom or whatever. And then I graduated high school. Every weekend, I used to go Santa Monica, Venice, and then City Walk. Right, but in City Walk, I got in, into trouble because apparently you have to have like a, a like a license to do that. Permit, so, okay. So imagine, imagine me like imagine like an eighteen-year-old Marcel. Like I just go to City Walk and I set up a little table there, and the other artists like twenty feet away from me to the right, twenty feet away from me to the left. They're all mad at me. Like who the hell is this guy? You know? And people they they used to love what I was doing because uh, you know. They came up to me, you know, with their significant others, like couples, and I used to draw them like doing like naughty stuff, you know. So it was hilarious, man. So I, the guy came up to me with his wife. I'm like, hey, "How long have you been married?" Uh, the guy's like, "I've been married for 20 years." First of all, disclaimer: I was always a very mature kid for my age. You know what I mean? So I remember uh, drawing them like, like, uh, you know, saying something like. You know, I, you know, this is a rated PG podcast. So <laughs> I know where you're going. You know, I know where you're you going. You know where this is we're, going. We all got the idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and man, people love that. They love that. I don't know what it is. People love like the naughty stuff, you know? So I look to the guy on my right. I look to the guy on my left. There's nobody. 
on them. And there's like a line of people in front of me with the couples. They just want me to draw them. Right. And then I remember the security came up. Hey, man, you know, I've been getting some complaints. You got to get out of here. You could get arrested for this. I'm like, oh, shit. Then I look far away. I see a couple of sheriffs coming my way. I'm like, oh, man, I'm out of here. I grab all my stuff. You know, I had a little box of money. I close that, put on my bag and jump in the subway and, and get out before I can get in trouble. But uh, that's when I discovered that I can make a living with, you know, with art, which I loved. And. Yeah. In, in all this time, when did jiu-jitsu get involved in your life? I know it's, you had that experience in doing that, and by your brother, your younger brother training jiu-jitsu, I'm sure he kind of pushed you, and when did that get involved in your life? When did you start and realize, no, I'm going to go to, to jiu-jitsu and let me try this? Yeah, jiu-jitsu to me, it, it, it's... It's always been so different. And I, I look at some of the people joining jiu-jitsu today, joining your academy, completely different than when I joined. Because when I started training jiu-jitsu, to me, it was specifically for self-defense. Uh, I grew up in a, in a rough neighborhood, you know, in Sao Paulo. It's, 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 it's rough, you, you know. You, you hear stories. And I remember my mom always wanted me to do martial arts. And then my uncle, her younger brother, was one of the first people who were teaching me jujitsu. I was just a kid, man. I was 10, nine, even younger than that. And, uh, you know, I trained with him a little bit. And then, you know, it, it, sometimes I had a great time. Sometimes I didn't have a good experience and I just stopped. But over here, uh, you know, coincidentally, my brother met you, you came to my house, and I was like, oh, this guy is, is a cool guy, you know what I mean? Like, maybe I can have fun over there at his school, you know? And uh, I remember one day, my brother gave me, I don't know if it was for my birthday or whatever, but he gave me one of your shirts, right? And I was wearing your shirt, your t-shirt, the old school logo, the RCJ Machado, you know, like, shirt. And all the teachers in my school, back when I was in high school, they're like, oh, shit, you do jiu-jitsu? That's like the Hoist Gracie stuff, UFC. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna be wearing these shirts. <laughs> They're gonna go easy on me, you know what I mean? Cause I don't, I never like to do homework or nothing. So maybe this will get me out of trouble, you know? And, and then one, I, I was like, you know, maybe I should, you know, after a few encounters with some bullies in, in school, you know, the whole, the, the whole cliche, I decided to come here and train with you. But uh, it was not until you came, you know, I remember you came with your, your wife uh, to my house and we all had dinner. Uh, and, and we just went from there, you know, it, and next thing you know, 20 some years later, we're doing a podcast, man. I know. And here in the school, he, he works here today. He's the manager at the school. I mean, he's, he's the bad cop and I'm the good cop. I know, man. Just to let everyone know that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do this, guys. I'm sorry if you're listening to this. Now, now, let me touch on this. I know it's, I don't know if anyone ever asked you, you like me born with something different. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, I could not even find out what exactly was, why I born with my hands without four fingers. In your case, you have one foot that's yeah. a bit smaller than the other one. Yeah. How that affect you in the beginning when you're growing up? Because I think we, we probably do have a very similar situation, even though I'm born in a martial arts family, which to me was a great, a huge advantage to a lot of people. But how was that for you? until you find yourself, no, I don't care if people make fun of me or say something. Uh, you know, to the listeners, uh, you know, I'm very glad that Jean-Jacques actually asked me this because uh, today I'm 36 years old. Never in my entire life did I speak about this out loud. So 
this is the fr- I, you know, if people ask me I, I know, talk the to first them time. That's why but I'm, this is the first time I'm actually touching the subject but but to answer your question yeah it was it wasn't easy you know kids are mean man kids are super mean and and that's actually one of the reasons why I stopped doing jiu-jitsu because the kids in my class were making fun of me so you know uh, I guess that's actually how you ended up in my, they, my house. They did that to me and end up choking them. Like, yeah, yeah more, make, more fun you make me, more times I'm going to choke you. <laughs> Believe me, we, we have a... But, but that's, the funny story is that's how you end up in my house because I think yes. my parents, they, they, they told you, look, you know, this is my son's going through this situation. You know, like you yourself know how to deal with this maybe go over and talk to him so i remember like it felt like kind of like an intervention that's why i was super defensive when, when i was a kid but you came there you were super nice to me and i'll never forget it man you 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 showed me your hand and and you're like look man i know things are tough right now but i promise you things are gonna get easier and and uh, before you told me that i heard that from my parents my family from everybody but what do they know? You know, they're, they're, they're not like me. They're not like you. So I, it went in one year and out the other. But when you told me that it connected, I felt like I had a person who I finally understood what I was going through. It's kind of being the same shoes as you were. That most literal sense, yes. And, and, and then finally I ended up here, but it, it was not easy, both uh, physically and emotionally, you know, and it's... I don't know how the hell I made it to black belt today. <laughs> I just never quit. Know, man. But it's just something that I, I, I never let it define me, man. No matter how much I hated or how much it, it hurt me inside, I just put on a brave face. And every day I came here, I stepped on the mats and I was like, okay, everybody, you know, they, they accept John Jock, so they're not going to make fun of me here. And then people, you know, the students, your students, they started praising me. They're like, how cool is this? That's when I started finally becoming okay with myself. You know what I mean? With who I am and, and you are who you are. You know, and I learned that from jujitsu. It's it's never let other people define who you are, you know? No. And um, on the same thing, it's it's with me, we'd say that I, I never realize <laughs> or have any thoughts about my hands and I never cross my mind that I was different than anybody because I was always doing the same thing as everybody else. But evidently, yes, you have other kids that pointed to you and say something. But man, I don't know in your house, but in my house, I grew up with my brothers, my cousins, they all with the most, <laughs> I would say laughable way, making fun of me and say those <laughs> things. And when somebody outside <laughs> says something, say, man, my brother said something worse than that. It's, it did not affect me as much. What I understand is I notice as an instructor in jiu-jitsu when people come in and, and some people do not even realize after a year training for me, like, oh, my God, what happened to your hand? They never even realize yeah. I don't have fingers. It takes them a while. But I noticed, too, is the environment that was create on that. I was never made that as a problem. I make fun of myself in front of all the students almost every class. I want to make sure they realize that it's no issues and I don't have any <laughs> hold back on that, you know? And I noticed that what was the difference on that aspect after you trained in jiu-jitsu? I know you mentioned that everybody was cool, but what that emotionally and mentally did to you after a few years training jiu-jitsu and felt, you know, I can be good in jiu-jitsu too, regardless. 
Well, you know, like, uh, it's funny because I've been to many doctors growing up. You know, my mom, she always wanted to see what was going on. You know, obviously, much like yourself, none of the doctors could give us a reason or even a name to, to why this happened. So, but the one thing that I always had in common is every doctor I've ever visited, they said, no jujitsu, no sports. And the more they told me no, the more <laughs> I wanted to do it. It's like, I, I go see a doctor today, no more jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might have yeah. jujitsu at six, homie. You know what I mean? And, uh, but it, it took me many years because I started jujitsu when I was really young, man. And, and, and John Jock, you know this as well as I do. Kids are mean. Kids make fun of you. But here in the academy, it was like my safe place. But outside the academy, I still had a lot of issues. I still had a lot of insecurities. Like one of my favorite things to do is to go to the beach. I love going to the beach. To this day, if I have nothing to do, if I want to just sink in and think about paintings or my thoughts, I just drive by myself to the beach and I just watch the water and I put my feet in the sand. But when I was a kid, I never went to the beach with my friends because I was scared that they would make fun of me. So for a better part of my early 20s, I missed out on a lot of fun because of that. And if, if, if I could go back in time right now and tell myself, look, you know, just live your life, man, live your life because it is all going to be okay. And, and it took me a little while, but, but without jujitsu, this would not be possible. This now, would not be possible. Now, um, you're, I remember watching your development in here and, and we all kind of joke around. It's a famous move, but you're kind of known for the twister. Was yeah. that a result of like... Was that, was that a technique that just called to you? Well, I, I actually learned a twister from Eddie and my brother, right? This is back when Eddie Bravo was still a purple belt. So I visited your academy, Jean-Jacques, which, by the way, this is one, no judgment here to anybody, but one of the reasons it took me two years to come back here is because when I was changing in the locker room, there was an asshole who was making fun of my foot. And I was like, oh, fuck, now I cannot even train jiu-jitsu. I get this here too. You know what I mean? I was just a kid, like, under 15, you know? And uh, but I remember for the record if I was an instructor back then, he would have been head first in the oh, trash no, no. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just but, but to go back to your question is uh, Eddie, he was showing my brother Gabriel this this technique, which uh, but with the way that my foot is and you know, much like how Jean-Jacques hand can just go under somebody's neck and easily get the choke. Anywhere I am in jiu-jitsu, I can get to the, the, the position that Eddie and the 10th planet people call the truck. Right, mm -hmm. I can get there from any position you can imagine because of how I am. So that became a super easy move for me to do. So it's something that I do since I was a white belt because to me it was something like, oh shoot, there's a lot of things that I cannot do, right? But there's this one thing that I can do so well that a lot of people are not gonna do it like me. Yeah, you you, you turned know? you turned a handicap into a weapon. Absolutely, uh, yeah. one hundred percent, and uh, and. Uh, I love doing Eddie. Thanks. You know what I mean? Uh, if it wasn't for you, you know, and, and my brother Gabriel, I, I wouldn't be doing this. That's cool. It's the beauty of jujitsu. You, you can adapt yourself to anything. And it's, uh, it's an ongoing development. Jiu-Jitsu never stops developing. And you an example that jujitsu fits in anyone, anybody. I mean, anyone out there thinks that you have any issues, in jiu-jitsu, you solve all the issues you have for sure. Based on that is training jiu-jitsu. And I, 
how I, I know how do I define your style in the art that you do? And following that question, is that moments in your life that you have to inspire yourself as watching something, is doing something, is walking? What is the inspiration come? Because you drawing someone's face that you've never seen before. Yeah. You know, how that works for you? How's that? Well, it's I, a moment, and how do you get inspired by it? I remember a long time ago, uh, my dad has a friend. My dad used to work for very, very prestigious, uh, you know, art places and, and, and companies. He used to work for a really popular one called McCann Erickson. And there was a guy there. His name was Pedro, Pedro Mauro. Right? I still keep in touch with him uh, and on Facebook from time to time. But I remember a long time ago, he told me, look, anyone can draw a character that already exists. Like what I mean is anybody can draw a, a Spider-Man. Anybody can draw a Superman. But to come up with your own character, that's when your style really emerges. That's when you define who you are. And believe me, that's not easy. That's extremely hard to do. And it took the better part of my career to be able to get to this point. And, uh, and to answer your question about what inspires and what doesn't inspire, it's, it's basically what I live. You know what I mean? I go out with my friends, we go have a drink. I always have my little notebook with me and a pen. My friends, they always do something dumb. There's always something dumb in my group. You know what I mean? And so he, 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 they do something. I'm like, okay, well, this is gonna, this is gonna go on a painting. You know, boom, boom, boom. There was this one time I was at a bar with my friend. Uh, I'm, I, you know, usually I don't like to name names, but I'm gonna say Thiago. He's a Brazilian friend of mine. He's, he's, <laughs> he's super funny, but he was trying to pick up some chicks at a bar one time, right? And I was like, okay, man, I just have to entertain. I have to be a wingman. I have to be a real friend, right? So I, I remember Thiago, he used to always like blonde girls, right? And, uh, and I was like, Thiago, there's a blonde girl right there, man. Go up to her and just offer her cranberry and vodka because he's, oh shit, really? And, and I'm like, all white girls, all blonde girls, they love cranberry and vodka. So he goes there, he goes, bartender, let me get a cranberry and vodka for the lady. And then they ended up hitting off, you know, and he <laughs> dated her for two months and he came out to me, he's like, oh shit. How did you know that she was gonna, you know, then and obviously at the time I was playing around with him, like stereotype, like, yeah, all these girls, they're like cranberry and vodka, but in reality, uh, the, the truth of the story is I saw her drinking that like a couple minutes before. <laughs> okay. And I put that on a painting, man. I put that on a painting and and that went for a hefty amount of money, you know, and <laughs> yeah, thank you, Thiago. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, I live with, with my friends. They do their stupidity, their funniness and the random activities and it's all on a, in some paintings you know and people like that people relate to it because one thing i notice is almost in every artist in whatever area they are they see things different than we do yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> what yeah. what has no perception for us yeah. you already have your inspiration on that mm -hmm. i agree i agree and capturing the moment you know it's like a photographer so yeah. it's it's just a little bit different because like you said you're kind of you're kind of taking a mental note of what's going on the exchange and yep. then you're just going to you're going to capture it on a in so many levels man yeah. I, in, in back when when I was just starting like you know when things started getting big and I, I sat down and I was feeling actually a little overwhelmed cuz you never expect you know you just put all your art out there 
you think like, man, if if I get one bite, if one person buys, if we, the next thing you know, it's like a snowball effect. Like one person buys and the other and the other. And next thing you know, you're scrambling for content, you know? So whenever I get to that scrambling for content uh, mode, I call my boys like, hey man, it's time to do something stupid, man. I'm, I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> I was gonna ask you that, do you, do you get creative block? All the time, all the time. I, I actually just got off one of the worst creative blocks of my entire career. It, it's it's one thing to have like a, an artist block, right? And if you're just doing it for fun, but it's one thing like going through a block when you do it for a living, when, when we're like, oh shit, like this is how I pay my bills. You know, you can't afford to have those. So, you know, I have my, my solutions. Like uh, one of the things that I love to do when, I, when I'm facing artist blocks like that is I put on my gi, man, and I come train. Yeah. I don't paint at all for like a week, for two weeks. And all I do, man, is I come here, get beat up. I was about to ask because we went through a very challenging year and we still do a very challenged time in, for everyone. How was that for you to have so much time off? In your hands the whole year. I mean, no, you're not able to get out and have fun with your friends. Yeah, it was. Super How was that creating point for you? Uh, it, it was very difficult. One because you couldn't turn on the TV without getting scared. You know what I mean? Like without getting, oh shit, what's what's next? You know, and uh, it, it was super tough. Luckily, what saved me from 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 this was that prior to the you know this, the harsh year that we all had last year. Is our, I already had a collection set up, you know what I mean? So I kind of knew the direction I was going to go with my art and with my new collection. You know, I had to postpone my tour. I had to postpone everything for 2020. Unfortunately, this year didn't start off, you know what I mean? Everything is, I do all my business in California here, Laguna Beach, all the, but everything is closed. So I can't do shows. I can't do anything. And I can't go, I can't go out with my friends to, to get ideas, you know what I mean? But luckily I had everything, uh, uh, lined up so it, what really helped me this year was music man I, I am a big 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 fan of music you guys can tell that by my new collection it's all musical yeah and uh so i listen to a lot of music when i'm painting a lot and, of music and what was the name of that artist that musician that you just did a frame a painting for oh yeah yeah that's actually that's uh that's actually something that i i really hold dear to me because he is one of my absolute favorite musicians his name is sean james uh, I found out about his music through some people from a video game company that we knew. And uh, we got in touch in, in social media. And I was like, hey, man, I just want to say I'm a big fan of your work. You know, your music really helps me and helped me through this time to develop my new collection. I absolutely love it. And then he he, he writes back to me like, oh, shit, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of your work. And uh, and I'm like, oh, it's unbelievable. And I think Sean, at the time, he he was doing this thing where he was writing the lyrics to his songs and this fine art paper super cool man and then one thing led to another and we collab on a project with the three of them there are only three of them in existence right he has a he has a, a song called crossroads and uh welcome to the crossroads show is my new collection that i'm putting out right now so uh you know we got to talking and and uh, we came up with this project where he would write the lyric to that song crossroads and i would draw my character on the bottom of the lyric we weren't gonna do more than one it was supposed to be a one-shot thing but after i got it done and framed and i was like oh 
crap, the response on Instagram, on Facebook. So I hit up Sean and, and, and I'm like, we need to do more. And so we did two more, right? One of them, which is hanging in my studio. The other one, I'm very proud to say that's hanging on Sean's studio. He actually sent me a, a photo of him with it in his studio. I, I think I, I posted on my Instagram. And the third one we sent to Joe Rogan to his uh, to his new uh, studio in, in Austin, Texas. Which is fan of him too, right? Oh yeah, Joe Joe also, uh, you should look at Joe, he follows uh, uh, Sean James on, on Instagram. It's, it's a definitely a terrific artist. Uh, really speaks to me. I know my my range in music taste varies, man. Jay, how many times have we gone out and I am putting like different music yeah, on my yeah. car? You know what I mean. I, some days I could be listening to hip hop. The other days I can be listening to country. Some sometimes to pop. It, it changes, you know. But but definitely this was definitely something I truly enjoyed. And and if you guys haven't heard, go ahead, man. On on Spotify, Sean James, terrific artist. You guys, you guys will definitely be a fan. What, what would you say someone that because art in general to me has to be has to have a passion it's not just the financial that attract you to do what you do oh absolutely not it's the love of what you do and, mm -hmm. and I believe in if we do it with love everything end up falling into it might take sometimes a little longer and people sometimes you stop before but trust if you love what you do the rewards of what you do in your life we all thinking get in place for sure what would you say to someone that is is dreaming out there to become an artist to become famous to make money what would be the steps they should take evidently you gotta love what you do yeah you got, but you what would you say you someone say look i'm struggling right now i don't know <clears throat> because you 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 Leave that experience to be up and down, inspire yeah. and inspire someone's better than others. What would you say to the new upcoming artist? Look, the, the, the first thing I, I'm going to tell anybody who wants to do anything with art, be it, you know, painting, writing music, acting in a movie, wh whatever you want to do, you got to understand that it's not easy. You know, like it, it may not look like, but I've been doing what I've been doing for, for the better part of 10 years. You know, it took me a very, very long time to get here. So before anything, you just got to be patient with yourself. And the other thing that I tell everybody all the time is that you can't get there alone. If you if you think you're going to be a lone wolf, if you think you're going to, oh, you know what? I don't need nobody. I, I, I need to get, I'll do it on my own. You're completely wrong. You know, I, I had a lot of friends, a lot of great friends, a lot of fantastic fans uh, that, that helped me to get where I am today. You know, like, like for instance, we, we have your brother here, Jay, Mike. Mike's sitting right over there. I know he doesn't like to be in camera, <laughs> but, but I owe Mike a huge thanks because he's helping me put up my, my version two of my website and, and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's not up yet, but it will be very soon. But, but like I'm saying, I couldn't do that on my own. Luckily, I have a great friend who, who, who volunteered to, to help me. You know, and, and you got to have the right people in your life. Like I have a great, good friend of mine. His name is Adam, Adam Sherman. And I'm sure he's a black belt here. You guys know we, Adam and I became very good friends for the, God, for the last 10 years. Yeah, Adam's great. And great he guy. always supports me, man. Like he, you, you go to his house, he has an entire wall in his house that he calls the Marcel wall. He has a bunch of my paintings. And then he, he has, he calls me, hey man, I, I'm thinking about getting another painting. I feel terrible. I'm like, dude, you know, I don't want to, I keep, he never asks for discounts. He always wants to pay, you know what I mean? But 
having people like that in your life, it's very important, man. It's you got to have friends. You got to have people who back you up. But above all else, you got to believe in yourself, man. If, if, if you're insecure, if you doubt yourself, you're not going to go anywhere. Just keep going. When the, the road gets tough, man, don't think it's going to get easier. It's going to get even tougher. But eventually, yeah. it gets a little easier. But to, you know, to all my friends, everybody who, who helps me out and, and, and got me to where I am today, a huge shout out to everybody. How, how much after you realize that you are a very, very good jiu-jitsu guy? fighter and train and also put your time out there how much jiu-jitsu had an influence in you in your life and also on your artistic side as a painter oh man i, I i'm gonna say this to you guys with all my heart all my honesty without jiu-jitsu i would be a mess i would be man i don't even know where i would be in life right now but Look, if you if you if you're training jiu-jitsu and le even if you're doing jiu-jitsu for a month, for two months, you know you can agree with me that jiu-jitsu is not easy, right? Even UJ as a as a seasoned black belt, oh, you yeah. know that jiu-jitsu is not easy, right? Every day. So okay, so imagine people like me and people like Jean-Jacques who had to overcome an extra challenge. You think jiu-jitsu is easy? It's not. But imagine doing jiu-jitsu like, you know, Jean-Jacques, he, he has one hand and I have a similar thing with, with my, my left foot. You know what I mean? That just makes... I was about to say he has one foot. No, he has both. <laughs> just one a little bit bigger than that, okay? <laughs> I knew this was going to be a roast. <laughs> But, you know, honestly, and I know I speak for the other, like for Professor Mark and the other instructors and stuff here, um, you guys make such an impact because when you are part of an environment where you have people that have actually had to endure and continue to endure or put up with things that I don't, how can I say, well, I don't think I'm going to come in tonight because my finger's sore or yeah. my elbow's oh, a little can't, You can't talking about finger with me, man. I, like, no, if, you're, if you're in front of me or <laughs> if you're in front of me or in front of Jean-Jacques, like, look, man, save your excuses. Exactly, you know. Save it's like your you, excuses. It's like, who, who, how, you just can't. You got to go in there and just keep it's, keep pushing. It's one of the parts. When I'm teaching and choke, I see someone like, oh, I, I have a hard time choking. I say, man, I don't have a hand and I can choke. That yeah. tells me that you have two. You can choke twice as better than me. Then they look at me like, oh, I guess right. I guess I can't. Uh, I, I, man, <laughs> I, I couldn't relate more to that because there's a lot of things I, I can't do in jiu-jitsu. Like, imagine, imagine this. Like, okay, so if you're a jiu-jitsu student, if you're listening to this podcast now, let me paint a picture to you. Imagine you're in class. And then imagine your instructor shows you guys a move, right? And then you just can't get it. You're like, God damn it. I just, this move just does not click with me. Now imagine this. In, in my, and from my point of view, imagine I totally understand the move. The move is easy. I understand the move, but physically, I cannot do the move because of how I am. You know what I mean? Imagine how frustrating that is. But to answer your question, John jack how, how that brings me, you know, how it influences it in my career and my art and stuff like that, it's because I went through all those hardships from jiu-jitsu. Now, now I will tell you something. You can take that as a, as a lesson. <laughs> When people show me technique in the past, and I felt like you all put it the way you did physically, and all oh, this job, I can't do this. First, there's nothing in my life that I say I can't. I tell all my students, you guys witness that. When somebody say I can't, 
Like you already said you can't. I cannot show you anything. You already you have to convince yourself that you can. But I remember every time someone show you a technique, in my mind it's not about how hard it is. I say how much you bet I'm gonna do that. Yeah. I'm gonna use what people think is my weakness to my advantage every single time. Yeah. That's the my mindset. Somebody said, oh, it's so hard to do it. Man, I can do better. And that's what I have in me. And I want you to, this is very important, regardless if you have any issues or not. <laughs> Somebody should take me, it's, it's never like, oh, this is too hard. I'm gonna adjust that my way. I'm gonna do my way better than anybody else. And I think Jiu-Jitsu allow us to do that. Oh, absolutely. Like few techniques that only Marcel can do. I, I Nobody can do contest. better than you do. I agree. Do you understand? Yeah. That's why when a technique, maybe it's not part of my arsenal, but I'm going to adjust that to yeah. me, and I would do better than anybody else. But, but I got to disclose that. When That's I was saying, the way you have to see. Oh, but That's the way you have to think. It's not about physically it's hard. No. Everything's hard in jiu-jitsu. But I'm just to, well, to now, myself. Now as a black belt, now as, you know, I've been a black belt for, the, for a little over seven years, it's a, it, I don't go through those issues anymore, but you know, for the podcast sake, this was issues I'd go through when I was a blue, purple yeah, belt. Yeah. You know, when I was a brown belt, I was already, I was like, you know what, man, I'm, this is Bring what it, it is. Bring I'll it on. Bring it on. You know, it, Bring it on. Show me, oh, this way is not good for me. I'm going to do this way. It's even better. That's, and sometimes my way works <laughs> even better, man. That's you what know? I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I agree, that's, that's and uh, and uh, and you know, jujitsu is beautiful, and, and and if you're listening to this, you got kids, put them in jujitsu. If you're listening to this, and you're you know, you don't know if you want to join jujitsu school, just do it, man, because because you will learn lessons on the mats that no one can teach you, you know, and uh, I, I learned the best lessons of my life on the mats. Yeah, hundred percent. I think when we're on the mats, we can't lie to ourselves. Um, we start seeing in a certain point of our learning process some kind of a limitation, then soon realizes no limitation at all. Everything is just what I'm thinking. And if you start slowly changing the mindset of about yourself, you see that things are always possible and you can make that your own way. And thank God nobody's the same as anybody. I think that's the beauty. The difference between all of us it makes the world even better. And jujitsu-wise, it just makes us grow. I trained with Jay. I always learn. I said, Jay, uh, can you show me and observe? I'm a pretty good guy stealing techniques from people. <laughs> and I just make up something and show back to them. They go to me like, wow, that is an awesome technique. But it's that own person technique. Yeah. And based on that, Marcel, who is Marcel Santos? Who is that guy? Who is that guy who had a hard time as a young young man and overcome all these challenge, personal challenges that you have, become such a a cool guy, successful artist, pretty damn good black belt in jiu-jitsu? Who is this guy? Well, I, God, I, I don't even know how to how to. What do you, what do you mean? Who is this guy? You know, like um, who is Marcel Santos by your own words? You know, I'm just somebody who's persistent man I, I i see something 
I won it, and you know, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it, and I just, I just never quit. I just don't quit, you know. And uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm wearing a black belt today, and this is one of the reasons why, I, you know, I got a career wise speaking, I, I've reached where I, I know I still have a long way to go. You know, we always learning in jujitsu, and the same thing with with art. You know, it's 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 always something new. You always better yourself, uh, and the thing is just. I'm just, I guess I'm just a person, I just don't like to make excuses, you know, like I just come in on the mats every day, I never like, oh, I can't do it, I just train whatever, you could vouch, you got both you guys, how long have we been on the mats together, you know, I never say no to training, I, you know, just, I just live life to the fullest now, and that's what I tell you guys, man, just, if you want to do something, go out and do it. Yeah, I can tell from, from witness that you, you, you hustle, and now you, you're right on top. You you don't stop until you get it, which is uh, to me is a great quality and a human being to never give up and pursue. Oh yeah, you know. And everybody tells you, nah, I don't think so. And it's like, okay, uh, you don't you don't do it for them. You do it to prove yourself that you are capable. Yeah. And you hustle. I know. I know for sure. You get oh yeah, there. man. You know the sleepless nights. <laughs> let Let me ask you too. Is what are the projects out there that you have, what are the, the new line? And another thing, why um, a lot of your arts are very beautiful women? Why is that? I don't know, man. I don't know about you, but I prefer looking at women than looking at men. You know, <laughs> no offense to anybody. I'm just <laughs> full disclaimer here. This is just this is just a roast, you know. But 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 you know, honesty. It's just you know, it's a lot easier like to draw. Like every time I drew like a male character, they always ended up looking like Batman or Superman or Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? So, but but women, is, it was just easier. You know, like it's because I like painting with paintbrushes and you know the way that I draw my women there's a lot of curves and a lot of lines the curve and it's very cool calligraphy wise oh, they're all very pretty for yeah, sure yeah but, but you know when when I'm painting a male character or something like that the lines are more square and I like everything to be you know like like every it's because you like video games I love video games <laughs> man <laughs> but but yeah that that to answer your question it's just a you know, people love, you know, to see you go, you go to friend's house, you go to galleries. Sometimes you see like a painting of a guy, a paint. you go, you visit galleries, you visit friend's house and they have art on the wall. The woman gets a better impact or, yeah. or maybe send yeah. the message. It's easier on the wanna... eyes. It's easier on the eyes. <laughs> you know, what are the projects out there for you? What it's, what it's, uh, Marcel planning to do in the near future? Well, um, there's a lot of things that I can't talk about, but what I can talk about is because I had to postpone some of the projects because you know the year that, that everybody had last year is I, I developed this new collection, you know that it's called uh, Welcome to the Crossroads Show. It's it's a collection of paintings based on a script that I had written a long time ago when I was fresh out of high school, which you know evidently I had to put away. Because I got to a, a point in my life, I, I was mature enough to say, okay, you know what? I haven't lived life long enough to play with a concept like this. But, but you know, today, like I said, I'm 36 years old. I've, 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 I've been around the block once or twice and, and, and I'm seeing some stuff and I see how people act in the business. So I was like, okay, this is, this is the time to, to put this project out. And man, I, I wasn't expecting, to be honest, I had low expectations, you know, because I made a career painting pinup, right? But I couldn't paint anything else because I was under contract uh, with some people and I had to paint that. I had to keep painting that. I had to keep pumping money, you know, for, for the people who signed me. 
And now that I'm free of that, I can do what I always wanted to do. More creative. More uh, creative. Yeah, I, I'm not bound by a contract or anything. Like, not that. Don't get me wrong. You know, not that. I, that I don't like painting pinups or every. I, I still implement. But that. you like to have that freedom of creation. Absolutely. That's the as an artist, like that was torture to me. It's, you know, wanting to do something, and then have somebody, your manager or somebody, come up to me like, no, 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 no. Let's do this because this brings money to the table. You know, it, it was in the beginning it was fun. You know, everybody loves, you know, everybody loves making money. But at a certain point, it's like, man, it's like watching the same movie over and over and over again. You just want to watch a different movie. Oh, yeah, you can. You, know, well, you, you and I have talked about that. When you when you chase money, you kind of cheapen the gift and yeah. it becomes work yeah. and it's just not the same. You have to. Yeah, man. And I remember uh, me trying to tell my manager, look, look, I have this awesome awesome collection welcome to this crossroad show it's it's gonna be amazing let's do this no 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 like uh, this is not gonna achieve nothing i swear to god those those were his words to me like this is not gonna go anywhere and that triggered me man i'm like, oh you son of a gun you're telling me that i can't that's no you tell me no i'm going to do it yeah you know what i mean i had a little bit of uh, low expectations coming into this but but then you know it got huge and I don't know how, you know, I have, you know, my, my very first piece from that collection, you know, Joe Rogan has in his, his studio. You know, the second piece that I that I did for that collection, Russell Peters has in, in his home. You know what I mean? And those are two fantastic guys, you know, two art lovers and two people that I'm very proud to say that, that they have my stuff in their homes, you know, or studios or whatnot. And after I posted those uh, photos on social media I kid you not a week or two later the same manager that told me that that wasn't going to amount to nothing called me hey man uh, uh, let's work up a new contract a new deal maybe maybe we can do this thing after all you know maybe it's going to work after all and then it gave me a lot of pleasure to tell them like look man I'm, I appreciate everything you've done for me in the past but this is where we part ways. You know what I mean? This is, I, I'm going my own way, my own direction. I can't have somebody telling me what I can and cannot paint ever again. Yeah, you know? good for you. Yeah. And Marcel Santos, you see? And uh, one, one thing I can take out of that our conversation is, yes, if you do believe in yourself, always better days ahead of us. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. You just got to, Keep hacking at it. Keep hustling. Okay, I have a question real quick. Shoot, Jay. Is this going to be a roast question no, or a question? No, okay, this is just a kind of just wait, question. Wait, What's wait. the promise? Just a question. Way off point. Just answer the question. Let's do it. But everybody, I mean, everyone knows that you're a diehard South Park fan. Oh, absolutely, man. So am I. So <laughs> why Randy Marsh? Why is Randy Marsh? Oh, what, is, what is it about Randy Marsh that resonates with you? I even bought the... The Randy mask? The mask yeah. with the mustache. Yeah. And, yeah. I was wearing the other day to Rouse. Everybody was looking at me because he had a little square mustache and it kind of looks like Hitler. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck, I'm walking around Rouse looking like Hitler? Jay, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, South Park is is, uh, is something that I, it's just, you know, you got to unwind, man. We go through shitty situations. We go through crappy situations, but South Park makes fun of that. When, when you can learn to make fun of hard times like you know like Jean-Jacques saying he gets to the mats and he makes fun of his hand you know what I mean when you get to a point where you can make fun of something uncomfortable uh 
everything is good. Everything is good. But Randy, man, I, I just love that character. He's my favorite <laughs> South Park character because he just doesn't take no for an answer. And he wants something, he goes and gets it. He, he gets it done. That's you know true. what I mean? So like true. like like the episode where he wanted to he wanted a prescription for his miracle marijuana and he he, he got giant balls. Remember that <laughs> he gave one, Jay? Testicular cancer. <laughs> just so he get his medicinal card. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he, he saw a problem. He saw something that he wanted, and then he said, "Dude, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go get it." You know, and not to that extreme, obviously. But yeah, said, but he I make, he make it happen. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he make it happen, man. So I love that. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh man yeah. that's look guys we we can be here for hours and days at marcel and have so much that we know about each other and uh we can have some a great time which we'll have many many other times but uh boy, thank you thank you for being here today share just a little bit of of your story and i know i am and a lot of people there definitely be inspired by because uh a lot of people there they they might not want to share their story and they might be in the same situation and then they realize, you know what, you can choose to live your life or not. And like uh, you do and I do, we choose to live our lives and enjoy fully every single day. Oh, absolutely, man. Thanks, Jay, for thank being you. here. Thanks, Mike, Marcel. thank you. Oh, thank you guys for Marcel, you know, see, it wasn't that bad. You see, expecting a lot of questions that give you a hard time. Well, it wasn't the, the, that the, bad. The thing is this, like when you know each other for like 20 years, you're just like, okay, there's going to be a lot of dirt in this table. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I John Jacques, before you showed up, I, I told him, I go, you know, this is, gonna, this is not going to be a podcast. It's going to be a roast. Oh, so. man, we can definitely know, roast each face, other here. He was really worried about it. Like, oh, no, I don't know. I don't, don't, don't want to do a podcast to them. My family's well. probably going to listen to this, so let's Let's keep it let's keep it light all right you know well myself once again thank you and uh yeah looking forward to have you back and no i'll come back <laughs> and I'll have some more back. stories and it'll be pretty good stories all oh, right yeah. thank you everyone for another no gi podcast thank you so much for tuning in everybody thank you jay thank jean-jacques you. Thank mike you. thank you so much <laughs> see you guys soon